Baby, what you get your body from? Tell me what you get your body from. Baby, what you get your body from? Tell me what you get your body from. I got it from my daddy. 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 Welcome to the K-Pop Gas. This is a special trend episode, uh, deviating away from our usual Daybok or not. Today we'll be diving into what it means to be a parent in K-Pop. What's really interesting is that, at least looking at the demographics of our listeners of the K-pop cast, I, we've noticed that we have two types of listeners. We have the young, very vocal crowd, and we, we love speaking to uh, what, can I call you guys kids? We love speaking to you Gen Z millennial <laughs> listeners. Um, but there is also a very large, silent listener base, which I affectionately refer to as our Ajuma listeners so um all the moms and the parents who also listen to our podcast and speaking with a couple of you on one off and in uh, more offline channels i was inspired to pull together a bunch of other bright minds in the k-pop community on what it means to be a k-pop parent so on this episode we've assembled a few fellow podcasters youtubers and contemporaries in k-pop First off, I'd love to introduce Mama B of the YouTube reaction channel K-Pop Mamas. That's all one word. So welcome, Mama B of K-Pop Mamas. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited. And so Mama B, um, just so our listeners know, how many kids do you have and how old are they? So I'm 30. I have two kids. My oldest is five and my youngest will be two next week. And we also have Angie Grace, who is a comedian Mm -hmm. and another K-pop mom on this episode of the K-pop cast. So Angie, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. And Angie, how many kids do you have and uh, how old are they? I have four kids. Wow. And uh, the oldest one, she's almost 11. I have eight-year-old twin girls. And then my baby is 10 months. Oh my goodness. He's a boy. (laughs) My only boy. That's exciting. Also joining us is another K-pop podcaster of Cult Scene's K-pop Unmuted podcast. Welcome, Stephen Knight. Hi, Peter. Great to talk to you. And Stephen, how many kids do you have and uh, how old are they? So I have two kids. I have a boy who is a freshman in high school and I have a girl who is a high school senior. Wow. Okay, so you've got some of the older kids, at least for, for this panel here today. Exactly. And last but not least, we have Jonathan and Erica from K-Pop Hot Pot, another K-Pop podcast. (laughs) Hey guys, welcome to the show. Um, So maybe for those who aren't familiar with K-Pop Hot Pot, um, how many kids do you guys have and and, uh, how old are they? Well, we currently have one, a three-year-old, a three-year-old little little terror that we would call Grayson. But we kind of have a 20... two-year-old? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, kind of. Yeah. So roughly a 22-year-old, a 3-year-old, but mainly it's the biologically 3-year-old. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So thank you all. And again, we're here to talk about what it means to be a K-pop fan as a parent. I think with that comes with a whole unique set of struggles and um, I think a lot of really awesome experiences that maybe are is that untold story that I'd least love to share and socialize with our with a broader K-pop um, community. So just diving right into this uh, in a sort of Q&A format, what I would really like to know is how did you get into K-pop before starting Raising a Family? Or was it something that came after? Um, well, my daughter was two when I first started listening to K-pop. 
And that same year, I was kind of half in, half out, kind of listen to it sometimes. And then she came up to me one day and was rapping a Nicki Minaj song to me. Oh, and wow. my husband looked at me and he's like, you got to start censoring what you're listening to. And I thought, great, we're going K-pop. So my that one's been into it since she was two. And then uh, my two-year-old's been in it, you know, since the beginning of her life. So she goes around singing Korean lyrics all the time. I think I got into it maybe um, two years ago. It was when the group Ladies Code was in the uh, accident. Uh, yeah, yeah. That killed two of them, and um, I remember it was trending on Twitter because I'm always on Twitter. Mm. And uh, I don't know, I just kind of looked into it because of them. And obviously, I was a parent at the time, and I d- didn't tell my girls at the time about like the accident. Obviously, but sure. I think yeah, that's that's basically what got me into it. Uh, for the first few months, I think all I did was listen to Ladies Code. I looked them up and just really got into their music. I didn't even get into any of the other K-pop groups until like mm, much later. I see. That's a good yeah. place to start. <laughs> and for us, we actually were <clears throat> kind of off and on since 2009. Uh, Girls' Generation was really the first our first introduction into K-pop, and we've always loved all things Asian-inspired. But around 2012, a little bit before we found out we were having a son, um, we, we, we got into K-pop pretty pretty strong you know, in regards to drama, regards to the food. I mean, it wasn't just K-pop we jumped into. It was all Korean. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. even now, I mean, <laughs> since then till now, our main dish that we cook every night is Korean food. Right. <laughs> um, and then, you know, with great, with our, in regards to afterwards, the transition... Um, we noticed that our son would actually react to certain K-pop songs, right. like you know, in her yeah. belly. Like every time we would play A Pink, he would kick in her stomach. Yes, <laughs> in her belly. He loved that song. Every time it would come it was on, hush. You would, yeah. yeah, hush. You would see like my belly start to move. He would be like moving yeah. in there to jamming to this song. It was super cute. He, he had his faves. He certainly yeah. had. He still does. He has his favorites. So with us, really, we just, it was very easy for us to abandon the music that we were, you know, naturally born accustomed to like, and we really just dove more into K-pop. And, you know, once you start one place, it's, you discover so much more. And we kept digging, so the transition for us was very easy. Let's see. Yeah, the, the story I always kind of told myself was that I discovered K-pop and introduced it to the kids, but thinking back on it, we really kind of discovered it together. Hmm. You know, when your kids are little... You spend a lot of time in the car with them, driving them around. And I was at least smart enough to know that I was only going to have control of the radio dial for so long. (laughs) So I tried to, you know, I thought about what kind of music to play for them. And I I played a lot of jazz for them because I think it's awful that you can hardly hear jazz anywhere. But I also introduced them to some kind of fun, different kinds of fun music because they're kids, you know. Yeah. Uh, It's not, it wasn't just music lessons from dad. (laughs) So it started off really with J-pop. Oh. But J-pop was, you know, is whatever was available on Apple Music, and there's just not, there's still not a lot of J-pop available yeah. on no. Apple Music. So searching all. around for fun J-pop songs, of course, I kept running into K-pop. Hmm. And I ignored it for a while, but, you know, I started listening to it, and it's some great stuff. So I just started adding stuff to our playlist for the car, and that was really the gateway. Wow. To it. Yeah. So, Stephen, it sounds like... It was your kids who introduced you to K-pop in a sort of really roundabout way. In a way, if it weren't for them, I might never have uh, really gotten into it. Oh, that's so cool. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So you have your own way in terms of how you got into K-pop, but how did you connect that bridge? Like, how did you introduce uh, K-pop to your kids um, and, uh, or, or your family? It's all I play in the car. 
<laughs> I literally don't play anything else. I have my K-pop like playlist on Apple Music, and it's gotten to a point now where they request certain songs. But yeah, that's all I that's all I play. And then my son, like I said, he's ten months old. I created a playlist for him on YouTube. So he just—I don't know—he gets down with Twice videos for some reason. He really <laughs> like, maybe he thinks they're the same yeah. age as him because they look so young. I don't know, but there's something about Twice that he just loves. That's basically how I don't think they really even listen to anything else. Everything is K-pop in my house. Yeah, I would say the same. I mean, I—it's all I listen to. And when you mm-hmm. have a YouTube channel, it's hard to hide from your family or mm-hmm. friends that mm-hmm. like you're into K-pop because yeah. they can see you watching it all the time. Um, but you know, my husband only really listens to sports radio, so the only mu- music he really listens to now is K-pop, and he has his favorites, and my mm-hmm. daughter has hers, and I have mine, and we have our blended family playlist, and we do a lot of dance parties, and everyone in our family and friend circle knows what we do. And, you know, sometimes they roll their eyes. But for the most part, you know, they know you come to my house, you listen to K-pop. And you have your favorite song and I'll play it for you. But um, that's just kind of how we how we keep it going. There's really no hiding it or, you know, gently rolling people into it. Just kind of here you are. Welcome to the household. (laughs) See, I think that's a badge of honor when that's what you're known for. Like, yeah. oh, you're, this is a K-pop person, you know I mean? That's how I am known around, like, my office. Yeah. I'm known around my, my family, my extended family. Mm-hmm. Um, with our family, you know, because we just have the, the one little one, and because Kim, Kim, who's a, another member of our, our actual hot pot, she's been with us for the last five, six years, so yeah. she jumped into this as well as we did. Mm-hmm. So with us, I mean... That's basically, I mean, and the car is the best way yes. to, like, force somebody to listen to K-pop. Because we're in a car with someone. And I'm talking about, like, with friends, you know. Or like, True. Like, other family members. Like, I have, I have one friend in particular that loves rock and roll. So, I played for him um, CM Blue. Back when CM Blue was a lot bigger. Mm. And then now Day 6. Um, so, that kind of gets the introduction going. But, yeah, the car and K-pop is, like, PB&J. It's the best. <laughs> one, one thing that I did in addition to the car, and maybe this... Part of this is my kids are a little were a little older, um, but my daughter and I had a thing where we would watch certain of these competition shows like Top Chef, Top Chef, or Project Runway or something like that. Mm-hmm. And we started watching some of the K-pop competition sort of survivor shows. We we watched it. My daughter and I just it was one of our, it was our thing. Like she would come into my office and be like, "Dad, do you want to watch another episode of K-pop Star?" <laughs> and so we'd sit down and watch the next episode of whatever season we were on. So we watched. We watched a couple of episodes, I'm sorry, we watched a couple of seasons of K-Pop Star, and we watched 16. Oh, the yeah, that's a good one. show yeah. where uh, Twice yeah. was Twice. put together. And it's funny, because she, she doesn't listen as much as she used to, and it sometimes it takes me by surprise a little bit that she knows all about Twice. She'll see something, she'll, she'll say something <laughs> about Momo or something, and I'll think, how does she know? Oh, that's right, she watched <laughs> 16. <laughs> Stephen, it sounds like, you know, your kids were a bit older, so I think maybe they... they uh, more ready to receive I think maybe more of the grown up themes in K-pop that we occasionally come across but at what stage do you guys introduce the more mature themes or, or messages uh, to your kids do you censor it at all or, or do you moderate it at it or do you just let them absorb it completely you know I never worried about it you know my house is more on the permissive side of that kind of thing <laughs> uh-huh. in general but also a lot of the stuff we listened to when they were younger was the, the more fun, high-energy dance stuff or cute stuff or, and so on. And so that didn't really tend to be an issue. I can't say I put a lot of thought into it, but 
Uh, I don't remember that coming up a lot. Now, my daughter's favorite song was, uh, and I think maybe still is her favorite K-pop song, was After School's First Love. Oh, yeah. That's the third Which back. is yeah. the one with the, the pole dance videos and so right. on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, that's not anything to worry about either, I think. So, yeah, that hasn't really been an issue. You know, I have three daughters, and I do worry about them looking at certain K-pop videos and thinking about you know the whole sexy aspect of it but it really hasn't been brought up in my household yet Mm -hmm. I mean my oldest daughter's 10 and she's not really into boys yet or anything like that so I haven't really been concerned about it yet maybe it'll be brought up once they're teens or or at least a little bit older I don't know it hasn't concerned me yet Mm. see for us for example like our son's three years old so obviously you know we have to really monitor what he watches images Um, (laughs) yeah you know certain music videos you know like the songs may not be bad the message or you know any anything like that but then uh, the music video can be a little bit more on the scandalous side (laughs) there's some pretty violent stuff too Uh, yeah yeah, exactly see for our son he really likes BTS's song of No. Mm. And in that music video, it's it's not bad. You know, for us, it's not bad. We watch it. You know, it's, it's, it's enjoyable. But what we started noticing in his behavior was when... <laughs> And in one of the parts, you see them flipping a table. And so then Grayson kept trying to do that to our coffee table. So they were like, "Uh, yeah, we have to censor this for a little while until he grows up a little bit more. And then starts realizing, you know, you can't always be doing what they're doing on there. Hmm. You know, so in some ways you do have to watch what they're watching, you know, when they're little, at least, you know, mainly. I definitely agree about the violence, too, because I think with... With American music videos, in that in that aspect, it can be a little bit censored, a little bit more, a little bit more um, caution as as it's displayed. But in K-pop, sometimes they don't hold anything back. <laughs> in yeah. other words, somebody being beat to death or gunned down to death, um, they're a little bit more explicit as to what it shows. So definitely, yeah, we we definitely do have to monitor what exactly we show him just because of those type of elements that could come up in some of the videos. I think that with my daughter, uh, my older daughter specifically, I think she was around four. We were watching, She lo- we all love BTS in my house, and she was watching the Boy in Love um, MV. She calls it the Boy Marries the Girl with Rose. That's like her mm. favorite Aww. thing in K-pop. <laughs> well, she was asking me, why would Jin push that girl against the locker? Because there's a scene where he takes the girl and he like, pushes her up against the locker, and he goes, she's, Mom, why would he do that? We don't put our hands on people like that. Mm. And, you know, I, I think it's actually fostered really good conversation for me it's taught me things that my kids are realizing that I don't think at their age that they get and then all of a sudden they bring it up and I'm like oh maybe we should talk about this so I mean I definitely should censor more than I do we're more on like the well I will explain it later and regret later um train is more of my parenting style at the moment which is probably just laziness but um you know it's definitely uh brought more attention to me on what they see and how they're putting it together with the music and then a lot of times with uh, the more serious songs, we do listen to mostly dance upbeat with the kids, but sometimes on more serious songs, uh, we'll sit and we'll talk about how it makes you feel because we don't know what the words are. She doesn't know what the lyrics say. Um, there's a song called Jusos um, by BAP, and it's a very serious song about like praying and going through struggles. And so sometimes we'll sit and say, how does the song make you feel? And she'll say, oh, this makes me feel sad. Or, you know, at first I was sad and now I'm happy. And we kind of talk through like the feelings of the music. Um, 
And you know, since she doesn't know the lyrics, so sometimes we take that approach too. But with music videos, sometimes it, you do have to talk through things a little bit more than you normally would. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I do have to say that there was a video that I had to not censor, but just straight up not show my kids. My oldest daughter loves Hiana, and oh, I could yeah. not show them the uh, triple. Triple H, Triple H. Uh, name yeah. group. I could not right. show her, yeah. them that video. It's so mm-hmm. violent, and she wanted to know why. And I said, you know what? There's some things in that video that uh, I don't think is appropriate for you. So she is still yet to see it. I told her you can see it when you're 20. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you still <Agreed>. care. <laughs> wow. Okay. So I'm personally speaking, I'm, I'm learning a lot in terms of like what we can use that as an opportunity to to discuss and engage. I think with younger minds. That being said, do you guys ever struggle, and not that you should ever, like, forcibly introduce it to them, but, like, are they receptive to K-pop? Are they always into K-pop, or is it more something that they just kind of absorb through osmosis through your own obsession or interest in following it? Yeah, my kids have kind of been through phases. There was a while that my son was really into G-Dragon, and his <laughs> I would be driving him and one of his friends somewhere, and he would want me to play G-Dragon for his friend so that he could hear it. My my daughter really got into Boa's English language yeah. album. Yep. Used to play that. That's a good one. All the time. And right now, I don't think they listen to much K pop when I'm not around, but they don't uh, complain about it when I play you know, I mean they're they're mildly interested in it. So their interest kind of waxes and wanes. Mm. You know what? Mm. I think my my girls, um, now that they go to a different school, I just changed their schools and they go to um, an art school. Mm-hmm. They're starting to hear about different types of music that they weren't hearing about before. And mm. now that they're getting older, they're 10 and 8. So I think that they're hearing stuff from their friends. But when they're in the house and I give them the option of what they want to listen to, they choose K-pop. Now, I don't know if that's just my influence or their preferences but they do tend to like specific k-pop songs more than i do so i guess that in a way is them you know wanting to do their own thing to some extent like there's certain groups that they like more than i do you know right Um, with us yeah it's it's like you know if you're gonna make pizza for the family we're all gonna eat it i'm not gonna make a special (laughs) plate just for you you know (laughs) and it's it's actually funny and i i talk about Kimberly, who's obviously not a child, but um, like with us as a family, we were watching the AMAs, you know, for BTS, mm-hmm. and literally about sixty percent of the people we saw were like, "Who is this?" <laughs> like, right. like we have become like K-pop, and it's funny because it's more like it's not. It's for me and Eric, it's a little bit different. For me, it's not that there's a distinction between well, American music, K-pop music. To me, it's gotten to a point where it's just music. And even for our son, it's gone to a point for him where he like requests like certain songs that he likes at you know three years old. Songs or groups. Yeah, song or groups. And I mean, for him, it doesn't really make like a difference because to him, all he knows is music. So for us, I guess it's just how it is. It's not. I guess we're not forcing it, but the fact that it's we're just constantly like playing it, it, it becomes familiar with everybody in the household and. And that's what they accept at this point. See, I know we're not forcing it on Grayson because Grayson, he willingly will go up to me randomly and ask me like, hey, mom, can you put, you know, Super Junior or, you know, this song or BTS <laughs> or uh, NCT? He's obsessed with NCT. For us, it, it's just with the way that we live. And it's funny. It actually kind of goes into a punishment aspect also because... You tell him if you don't behave, we're not going to play NCT for you because he loves <laughs> NCT so much. NCT that he, Dream, NCT yeah. Dream. He will go to his closet, put on his black dress shoes, 
and like dance and if we don't like have his shoes <laughs> ready for him or if, like it's a, sometimes it's a punch like nope like you were bad we're not gonna play for you and he just does like the biggest tantrum so yeah <laughs> it's it's yeah it's totally absorbed in in him and our culture and and just how we do things at the house right yeah i would agree it's kind of part of our family you know we have dance parties in the kitchen at night you know when we're making dinner and you know that's just the music that we listen to and uh definitely with my my older daughter you know Yes, we throw in trolls sometimes, and yes, there's Disney albums, and we all sing along because we all know those songs too, but, you know, it's kind of just family, you know, we have a family playlist, and 70% of the family playlist is K-pop, and the other 30% is Disney, but, you know, we're all in it together, and, you know, it's just, everyone has their own songs that they like, my husband, to my ever you know ever loving regret uh loves the song dum dum um so you know that comes on and oh, you know they're okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, and you know my you know someone likes baddest female so we're listening to cl and so you know it all just you know it's it's just a family thing it's just how you would listen to any other type of music within the family and most of us just happen to listen to k-pop so um yep at least now that i'm getting older and adulting a little more solid core how do you balance in terms of like staying up to date with k-pop like in what ways are you guys primarily consuming k-pop content or um you know, you, you learn about it here first and then maybe you share it with your family. In what ways are you staying up to date with K-pop and consuming it? I think because I'm a YouTuber, that's kind of my main source of K-pop. You know, um, I know a lot of other YouTubers. I stay up to date with their channels. and um, But really Twitter, too. K-pop Twitter, like, has some awesome human Twitter. beings there. <laughs> like, keeping people up to date. Uh, my subscribers, our K-pop family, they are awesome. If I miss something that they know I'm going to like, you know, they'll send, say, hey, you need to get on this and watch this. So definitely them, um, all the friends we've made, uh, K-pop, like I said, K-pop Twitter is amazing. Um, mm. There's a couple uh, outlets I really like. Um, I don't know if you guys know Tamar Herman. Uh, <laughs> she writes, do you, yes. I don't, do you guys know Tamar? She's amazing. And every single time I come across an article, whether it's on Forbes, on Billboard, wherever I find it, I'm like, man, this is just a well-written article. Tamar wrote it so I am yeah. always looking at anything she posts agreed um, so yeah just I mean so I'd say YouTube's mainly it and Twitter for the most part for me well you should listen to our show because Tamar is a usually the co-host or one of the co-hosts I have I've uh, heard it sometimes okay, I miss good. it but I try <laughs> I was gonna say like you yeah, know, I think Stephen might know Tamar <laughs> so I can vouch for Tamar she's great <laughs> honestly for me I think uh, like she said Twitter Twitter mm. is a, a great source of news for me I have a uh, K-pop kind of a list you know you can make lists mm-hmm. on Twitter I have one of those where it's just like different like um, Soompi and, and, and different other um, Twitters and there that give me a lot of information plus I have a few friends who are really into K-pop who will tell me oh have you heard this new album or have you heard of this new person or whatever one of my main well, my best friend she we met through Twitter because she's into K-pop and uh, she's a huge FX fan as I am a huge FX fan so uh, we kind of you know got into um our, our friendship started over K-pop, truthfully. And then uh, we go to K-Con mm. each year here in L.A. So that helps, you know, uh, finding out about new people and, and things like that. And sometimes meeting K-pop stars. Um, and with us, it's it's, it's it's the same, really. It's twi- Twitter's a huge outlet. Um, so is Reddit. Um, K-pop Reddit, too, has it, always things come up as quick. But it really, it's kind of one and the same. Whenever we're not on either of those outlets, like for me, the way that I kind of like find out a lot, especially like when it comes like B tracks and stuff, 
um, to like listen and talk about. It comes from um, our other listeners. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a thing on Google Hangouts where we have a few of our um, listeners on there, uh, and they'll they'll let us know like, hey, you got to check this out, or. People message us, hey, I think, you know, knowing your guys' taste from your show, I think you'll like this song mm-hmm. or, you know, this group or, you know, check this out, it just came out. So, um, really, it's it's just the connection that we have with other people, kind of like everybody else was saying, mm-hmm. um, as well as, you know, Twitter and Reddit. That Twitter and Reddit's your best friend, really, when it comes to finding out what's coming up. Also, I well, mainly if you if you want to follow like certain groups, I I noticed that there's um, on the V app, um, mm. there's a section where on any particular channel that you um, choose to follow, there's also a section where fans can interact with each other, and you can get a lot of information through there. Like I follow, for, mm. for me personally, I follow Super Junior surprise. on the V app. I know, surprise. Um, I follow <laughs> Super Junior on there, and I get all my information about them, all my up updates um through there through that app all the fans there are like wonderful at you know giving updates so that's how i keep up at least on them Mm -hmm. um but i know there's it's also available for other channels as well for other fandoms Mm -hmm. okay yeah i would say for specific groups i like i really use the fan cafes a lot too um don fan cafe is great if you have a specific group that you really want to know everything about like those fans and the fan cafes are awesome and and maybe for those who aren't familiar with the concept fan cafes are uh, what just online places that people can go to, or, or what more specifically? Uh, yeah, so the Dom, uh, it's through, uh, it's a D A U M, so Dom, uh, and it's it's kind of like the next level of Yap, uh, I would say. Um, you know, you have to answer some questions about the group in order to get to different statuses within the cafe. Hmm. Um, you, so you have to kind of know the group. You have to be approved at certain times. They will run um, like campaigns, so you could get to the next level too, which gives you access to be able to respond on back to the members or to view certain things or to send a private message um, and then they have different boards where the company might post announcements or boards where the artists are posting announcements or open forums for fans to interact with each other yeah Peter you mentioned how when you have kids your time is yeah. at a premium oh, even yeah. more so than it is yeah. beforehand <laughs> you think you don't have time now yeah um, so a, a couple of things that I do is I use my commute, you know, when I when an album comes out mm-hmm. or a song that I want to listen to, I add it to my a playlist and listen to it on the commute. I'm not driving the kids to school anymore, so <laughs> I, I'm on my own. And another thing is just a lot of the time that I spend catching up on K-pop and on Twitter and watching YouTube videos is sort of two screen time. Mm. You know, be sitting sitting on the couch with the family and there'll be some news or a sitcom or sports or something yeah. going on, but most of us have a second screen going at the same time, so I can uh, I can be catching up on the latest releases while Absolutely. still, you know, at least sharing meat space with uh, the rest of the family. I can't imagine doing this like ten years ago when smartphones weren't a thing, <laughs> having to get all this information on dial-up. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, smartphones are a blessing in the K-pop community. No <laughs> Truly. So I, I think we touched on this a little bit earlier in, in terms of like you know what. What prompts us to talk about, you know, uh, harder topics with our kids? And, and sometimes K-pop can be that that uh, that impetus, right? But what are some benefits, in your opinion, of sharing K-pop with your kids? You know, I've kind of thought a lot about that for some reason. And I don't talk explicitly with my kids about it, but there's really two big lessons that, you know, it's not really just for the kids. These are things that I can learn and remind myself of. And uh, But benefits of being exposed to K-pop... One is 
just generally, you know, it's I think it's good for them to know that there's a it's a big world out there. You yeah. know, there's lots of stuff to explore and the things that their friends know and are interested in or the people in their community mm. are interested in, that's not all that there is. So yeah. just in general, you know, it doesn't have to be, you know, career related, K pop related, it doesn't have to be music. But just in general, I think it's a good experience to look around a little bit. Yeah. And the other big lesson is don't let other people tell you what to like. Mm. True. You know, I mean, more generally, don't let people tell you what to think or who to be. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's something I, hopefully they pick that up. I feel like I'm kind of an example of that. I may not be the best example in a lot of ways <laughs> to my kids, but, <laughs> uh, you know, there's nobody telling me that k-pop you know i'm cool if i like k-pop you know i'm kind of unusual you know the cool people think it's cool they don't really understand it people who aren't cool think it's kind of stupid but <laughs> I, you know i don't care it's great i love it yeah. i spend a lot of time at it and i think that's a good example to them i totally agree my oldest daughter annika she uh really looks up to amber lou yeah. from fx oh, yeah and yes. I know that's my influence because uh, Amber is my ultimate bias. Um, but she's also her ultimate bias now. And my daughter has been teased in school before about dressing like a boy because she'll want t-shirts from the boy section of a store. And uh, I think that Amber's influence kind of shows her that it's okay, dress however the hell you want, regardless of, of what people say about you or, or think about you. And um, you know, she uh, she wanted to do a report on Amber in her class, but it turns out that she couldn't because it had to be a historical figure in American <laughs> history. And she said, oh, Amber hasn't done anything huge yet. <laughs> She's I said, scared. give her time. She's only 25. Give her, give her a chance. That's great. I would say, um, you know, my kids are a little bit younger, so I don't know that there's, you know, a lot of positivity you know things i can say other than it's something we do together gets us talking yeah. um you know lets them know that there's a big world out there like you said um i think one thing though i you know i have so many young subscribers and you know we call them our k-pop fam and our k-pop kids and they just say like some of the most awful things that people say to them um as k-pop fans and you know i like to think that i would stand up and be that person that would you know i give them advice and sometimes i i think to myself though i I'm not always that confident mm. when people are making fun of me for liking K-pop or think that I'm weird. So um, I think this year, really, what my my goal was and something I think has been positive for me in my life and and that I've wanted to share with a lot of the kids that that watch our channel is that don't let to your point don't let someone tell you that what you like isn't valid because of your age hmm. that it doesn't matter if you're old young you know i got married when i was 18 you know people told me that that wasn't valid that your feelings that you have when you're a teenager somehow don't matter because you're young and or because you know you're older somehow it's more validated that i like k-pop as opposed to a 15 year old so you know i just think having that at least my channel for me and, and liking K-pop and telling people how much I like K-pop has been for me an example. So I hope my kids in the future um, and the kids who are out there right now struggling, you know, with this, with people saying things like this to them that, you know, you like what you like and this does mean something to you and it will be important to you in the future. And it doesn't have to end just because you get older, um, just to be confident in what yeah. you like and who you are. Yeah. And I, I think for us, uh, or for me, it's good to be multicultural. Mm -hmm. I think some people, they, sometimes they grow up with just knowing one way of life or knowing one type of culture or knowing one way how to do things. 
and they get fixated on that and they get stuck on that and they become close-minded I mean, I do believe that because of the fact that K-pop and Korea in general and the Korean culture is so di- is different, you know, from the culture that we know now, um, it does help broaden those horizons. Where, you know, I mean, that's kind of see with that's kind of how it was for my upbringing as well. With it wasn't with Korean music actually it was like Spanish and actually Italian. I imagine it's going to help him. At least I would hope it's going to help my son to grow up and accept other cultures to not believe that this is the only acceptable culture or the only acceptable way of life you know that there is you know here in in america or the one that we have here but the world is a big place and music is you know it's music of the heart it's not necessarily you know something you have to necessarily understand and on the side on the side thing to connect to that also is you know american music for the most part from from what i do here you know it's it's also in itself changed in a way and the messages in itself isn't always positive. And I know sometimes the messages in, in K-pop and in American music can be somewhat similar. But I do think there is an added benefit to the fact that you don't know exactly what they're saying. <laughs> I'm not saying that that's okay necessarily. Obviously, it's like a song that's like with horrible lyrics. But at least, you know, he's going to be hearing music that isn't, you know, about, you know, violence necessarily or about, you know, using words or... Using, you know, explicit terms, you know, obviously some K-pop I know does have some cussing you need to be careful with. But I do, for us, I, I feel like that's also an added protection because music can be very influential. If someone yeah. is feeling a certain type of an emotion and you're listening to a rock and roll song or a hip-hop song that's invoking some type of action, whether that's a bad action or a positive action, it does influence you. So when you're listening to K-pop music where it is more dance, it is more upbeat, it, you know, the sound feels positive. Doesn't necessarily mean the, you know, the message of this music is. Um, it it kind of lets you, at least for us, feels like okay. Well, this is you know he's listening to this more for the the beat of it, the sound of it, the chorus. You know, and it's it, it invokes more positive reaction than it could be for like you know that other gal's example. Um, this K-pop mamas you said right about the Mickey Minaj. I mean, right. same type yeah. of thing. You know, where. It's like, okay, well, now let's reevaluate the whole situation because you don't want your child to grow up repeating those lyrics from some of those rough sure. songs. So that's why for us, we kind of use it as a tool where, I mean, it's, it's positive. You know, K-pop, it, it's fun. It's fun music. Honestly, there really is no negative to it um, from our perspective in the sense that, you know, he is learning a lot more about, you know, being open-minded, um, accepting different cultures. And um, also, you know, we, you know, like to judge things on our own. So we also want to instill that in him where, you know, he can think for himself, not go with what it's popular or what the crowd wants him to do. You know, like if he can think for himself, like he has a mind, like that's what we want to instill in him. So, you know, if this is what he likes and this is what he's going to like, and regardless of what other people think, you know, and that's that's something that for us, it's, it's important okay. to teach him <laughs> cool. well that, that was very beneficial and i'm glad you could each share that background and perspective with our listeners so maybe deviating in topic just a little bit here uh, how do you guys still engage with the community do you still go to in-person events as a k-pop parent i, I know we all kind of loosely touched on k-con the, like the annual like k-pop mecca <laughs> <laughs> like do do yeah i mean are you still able to do that and and if so how do you do it with k-con this year uh we were totally prepared me and my husband are really into k-pop so we bought the weekend the whole weekend pass and my aunt was here to stay with the kids nice uh so the friday we the friday the day it started just the two of us went and then no friday the first day we took the baby 
but he stayed asleep most of the time. He was like five months or something at the time. Um, and then the second day, we got passes to go see Girls Day. Mm-hmm. Not the concert, but um, when they do the high touch. But we didn't get the high touch passes. We just got to be in the room while they did the Q&A. So we left the baby with my aunt. And then that Sunday, we took the baby and my oldest daughter because she was the one who really wanted to go. So yeah, we did the whole thing. We're probably going to do that every year. We didn't go to the concert. We kind of regretted it, especially last year, because Amber performed last year and sold it twice. (laughs) So we were kind of kicking ourselves over that. So next year, I don't care who's performing, we're definitely going to go to the concert and have my aunt out here from Chicago to babysit all four children. There you go. (laughs) And bring my oldest daughter if if she wants to, because she's the one that's mostly into K-pop of all the kids, so... We'll probably bring her at least one day next year. I've done it just about every possible way with the live events. We did the family was at uh, KCON 2013. Mm. I've gone to shows on my own. You know, there's uh, in Nashville. I don't have a lot of opportunity locally, but I went to CCL in Atlanta. Um, went to see Baby Metal, which is J-pop or yeah, J-rock yeah. in New York. So you know, taking in, taking one night going out of town, I've been able to do that. And we, we took a trip to Asia last, about a year ago. And my son was in, my daughter wasn't as intro. My son was going to go to a couple of music shows with me. It, it didn't work out because they canceled one and the other one he was too young. You know, they don't, they don't want, I guess, 13-year-olds, 14-year-olds in the audience uh, at Music Bank. But he did go to a little J-pop show mm. with me in, in Japan at a small club. And, and that was great. He, I mean, he loved it. So I've, I've tried it all. Can you adopt me? It's <laughs> not <laughs> <laughs> <Thought> too late. <laughs> I've done um, KCON. I'm really lucky in that um, I travel for work, and both KCONs happen to line up with big work events mm. on New York and LA. So um, I'm lucky enough that I'm able to go. Uh, I've been to KCON for the last two years, and then I go like the day before the Sunday. <clears throat> Um, and then have work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday in New York, and I fly home. So I'm really lucky in that. And my, my husband is a stay-at-home dad, so oh. it makes those schedules really flexible. Um, this was my first year going to L.A. Um, and being a panelist, uh, being able to just do that whole experience was absolutely phenomenal, um, the concerts and all of that. Being in Arkansas, there's no easy way to go to a K-pop concert. I've driven to Chicago for a K-pop concert, but uh, sometimes my husband and I will take a day trip down to Dallas. It's about six hours away, and we'll go to a concert together kind of as like, it's like our date. Um, So he's lucky. I'm really lucky that he considers that a date, but, you know, we went and saw CL in Dallas. So, uh, you know, we do that. Uh, But definitely KCON, I think, is is the best time for me to be able to kind of get all of it into, into one session and you know go back to mom and, and life afterwards <clears throat> I will say about KCON my experience is that it's not the best event for kids to go to you know a lot of it is panels and things and, and during the day it's not that great if they're if they're into the music then of course the mm-hmm. concert is great that's true I would agree yeah. it's a long day it's a long day for an adult <laughs> who's prepared yes, lines lots of people yeah patience and 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 with us we we're pretty fortunate we live in in central california so uh, we've had the opportunity to go to a few concerts uh bts exo uh we've gone to every kcon since 2014 and uh we actually use it as a platform to uh 
build our own um, listener base, as you can uh, you can say. Um, with each of those concerts, we've taken up opportunities to um, in- interview the crowd, mm-hmm. talk to people, yeah. ask them questions, really engage with them, mm-hmm. um, just to you know, so we can play it on our show and, and kind of get our name out there as well, and and just to have fun with people who are they're there for the same reason that we're all there because we love K-pop. Yeah. Uh, we've got to experience that also um, with KCON. Actually, this year we were, um, what were we? Over oh, the press. We have to be members of the press, so that was really fun mm-hmm. uh, to be able to have a different role out there at KCON. Um, but yeah, for us, it's kind of been able to go to those events when it's possible because in KCON and K-pop, you know, sometimes they'll say, oh, hey, you know, EXO's coming out with a new concert, and by the way, it's next week. Right. So you gotta try to get a babysitter, <laughs> buy tickets, and right. do everything you gotta right. do. And if you're a listener of our show, you'll know that every time we've gone to almost every concert, it's been an adventure. Nothing's gone so Some easy. Sort of struggle. Right. Um, <laughs> but you can listen to our episodes for more on that. But yeah, so thankfully, though, we were pretty fortunate that they always come to L.A. for the most part, or they'll come to the Bay Area. Right. Um, so we're, it's easier for us to kind of engage with, with K-pop and with you know different listeners or potential mm-hmm. listeners through there as well. Okay. So uh, just closing up the main section of uh, this episode, do you guys have any personal fun anecdotes or stories that you want to share unique to being a K-pop parent? I, I have one. It happened this year. If uh, I And some people might have heard this. Uh, one of my favorite underrated groups is 24K. And I had this 10-minute um, video call with the leader. And I stressed about this video call for months <laughs> and you know, finally got to do it. It was at 1 a.m. because Korean Standard Time. So it's 1 a.m. my time. I've been stressing about this for months. Everyone knows it's happening. Six minutes before this call is supposed to start, I've just accepted Choen Entertainment's you know, request to Skype. And my five-year-old has assumed she has died. And the baby wakes up and she starts crying. And I turn to look at my husband. And I must have looked like death was about to come upon me because he said, we're going to fix it. <laughs> and in like a parenting miracle, this has never happened since, she had paid the bed for the first time ever. And we had everyone, everything cleaned up, everyone back to sleep, bottles of hand, <clears throat> silence in four minutes. Wow. Nothing like that has happened since. Um, but I threw myself into the chair. I sit down and I hit okay. And there's Corey from 24K. And he goes, hey, you're K-pop mamas. I know you. Which was like awesome, right? Mind melding. Like you're supposed to say something smart to that. And I said... Oh my god, my daughter just peed her bed and it was so stressful. This poor twenty six year old boy who doesn't have kids, like this is not his thing, just stared at me dead eyes, like, Oh okay, that that's really cool. Does she wear diapers? Like he was trying so hard and my husband and the other yells, You are so awkward, stop. And I was like, I'm that's funny. like no one else would have Aww. done this. It was wow. one of my most moments but it was a total k-pop mom montage of events <laughs> <laughs> the only thing i have is uh amber is from los angeles and um she sometimes comes back from time to yeah. time and i kind of know her sister i talk to her on twitter a lot but amber has posted before of this uh boba place that she goes to in la and so my daughter's always like anytime amber's in la let's go to the boba place maybe amber's there and so we've been there a handful of times and i know the people who work there and they're like sorry amber hasn't been here today or amber was here late last night of course i'm not going to be there at like 10 o'clock at night i got i have little kids to put to bed and everything and a baby 
but uh it seems like i always just miss her and then one time we went and it had to be maybe 6 6 30 in the evening and of course she wasn't there and we left and came home and on the way home i checked my instagram and i see in her insta story that she's there we oh, had just kidding. missed her and i was like oh no i'm sorry honey i had to <laughs> tell my daughter okay well maybe i should listen to you maybe we should have hung out just a little longer but i don't want it to get to a point where we're like stalking her so yeah. <laughs> it'd be acceptable yeah, maybe. <laughs> you always say, say things are bad until you're like are in a moment where you're like do i follow them or do i stay yeah yeah, yeah. right <laughs> <laughs> with us the only funny story that we, we just and i've actually I said this on our show before is when we're going to go to our second KCON or no, I'm sorry our third KCON actually and we it was the night before and you know we we're taking somebody else with us who had never been to KCON and uh, it's with my cousin and she's really big into K-pop so we're excited to take her and we're prepping everything and about one o'clock in the morning our son throws up all over his room which he no. had never really thrown up before it was like an odd circumstance mm-hmm. and so we were just like what do we do do we still go do we not go like we felt like would we be the worst parents if we left and we you know we still <laughs> left them with you know with, our, with my mom and dad um thankfully my parents were pretty supportive they're like just go like you know we raised two kids you know we know how to help you know, your son like you know it's fine so we we you know as terrible as it may sound we still ended up going to KCON. Well, we went because we realized it was it was a stomach bug. Like we called um, the the um, what is it the nurse yeah. the phone nurse, um, and you know we asked her questions. She asked us questions. You know we answered everything, and she just told us you know basically it just sounds like a like a flu like a stomach bug. So you know that that's nothing really to worry about. Just keep him hydrated. You know and yada yada, and you know that's all we basically. You know, that's why we ended up leaving because we felt comfortable because it wasn't nothing too serious. But um, yeah, so don't think of us as the worst. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like to believe, though. No. I like to believe that he understood that BTS was performing that year and he knew that it was okay. You know, I like he understood. to believe that. I looked at him and go, "Come on!" And he looked at me. He nodded, and I just knew that was it. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure when he gets told, I'll tell him the story. He'll understand. Oh, absolutely. It was just a one-time thing. <laughs> I would have gone, too. Again. I don't blame you. I would have gone, too. It was oh, just yeah. a stomach bug. Yeah. Well, we had a big family adventure related to KCON. It was in uh, 2013 when my son was 10 and my daughter was 13. And I was selected to be on MNet America's show, Hashtag My K-Pop. And... They sort of, and that was that's sort of a, uh, I guess it was kind of a reality show where they brought a group of fans to KCON and sort of followed us around with cameras and things. And the, you know, I mean, of course, the reason they chose me was not because of my dynamic personality, but because I'm such an unusual K-pop fan. And having a being a dad and having a family was part of that. So they flew the whole family out to LA wow. for that. They actually came to Nashville wow. and interviewed us and followed us around Nashville. We went out to LA. Uh, went to KCON. The kids only had to do it for one day. Uh, you know, they took they took they went to the concerts, but they took the the second day off and hung around LA with their their mom. But it was you know it was kind of an adventure for them. I think being mic'd up and walking around KCON with people walking backwards with cameras Definitely. following you everywhere. I mean, wow, crazy, yeah, That's awesome, yeah. That is super and I think awesome. it, I think it was somewhat helpful in that it gave them the idea that hey maybe dad is like doing something interesting like this isn't just some bizarre hobby but this is a real thing <laughs> you know 
<laughs> I totally understand that. I feel so validated when someone's like, hey, I know you. And my daughter's like, is that one of your K-pop friends? I'm like, yes, I have friends who like K-pop. There's a lot of them. They think I'm cool. Exactly. <laughs> awesome. Just opening the door in case there was anything else like you really wanted to cover or discuss. Um, is there any other story or any other background that you wanted to share as a K-pop parent uh, for our listeners? It's funny to me, um, the music preferences of my kids, especially my daughter, she like she really likes 21. And like I said, she likes Boa. But she loves Gu Harad's song, Chocolate Chip Cookie. Oh. You know, she's the Kara <laughs> member. She had the solo album. Right. And I'm not sure what it is. I think it, I haven't talked to her about it, but I think it might be, you know, the English is chocolate chip cookie. She's singing in this very romantic, longing way. And I think the thing is, it's the whole, I think the song is a, like baking cookies is a metaphor, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, but if you're just listening to the English, it's it's so kitschy and funny that she's singing, you know, chocolate chip choco chip cookie like it's the most, you know. So she she likes the she likes the songs that are sort of a little bit off in in English. Mm. Those are my yeah. favorite. That's songs. part of the fun of yes. it. Yes, yeah, that, that oh, was it's totally. great, isn't it? Yeah, it's just a great song too. I, I think this is good what you're doing with this episode in regards to. You know, we're all different people, different ages, different walks of life, you know, and we you know we do have something in common, which is being being a parent. Mm-hmm. And it's it's okay to like K pop. And I guess the one thing that always kinda of stands in my mind in regards to the connection to all this is um, back when BTS came to LA to perform in two thousand fifteen. Yes, fifteen. Fifteen, yeah. I remember I was there and I look I mean, I think I, I typically look older than my age. I'm only thirty years old, but people usually think I look a lot older, especially in person. And so I'm wearing like BTS shirt like I'm wearing now. And yeah. we yeah. And we're, we're voice chatting right now and uh yeah, Mama B has her BTS shirt on. Oh now. I know, I yeah. saw that. That was cool. So you know, we're all there, we're waiting in line to to go to the show and you know, I'm all excited and everything. So um we ended up going to a pizza place that was right there in um next to Staples Center. Um, and next to the Nokia Center where, where BTS is going to be performing. Mm-hmm. And I go in there and I see like a group of kids and they see me wearing the BTS shirt. And sh- there were kids, but I say kids, but they were like probably teenagers. 15 years old, teenagers. Yeah. And they were like, oh, they're like, um, they go, why are you wearing a BTS shirt? Like, are you like a parent dropping off your kid or something? Oh. Like they <laughs> were, like they, to them, they couldn't fathom that I was actually there to see BTS myself. And I was like, Yes, I'm a parent, but that's irrelevant. <laughs> that's irrelevant. My You're son is in here. You know, the kid comes out. She's like, hey, I'm like, that's not my daughter. Okay. But um, so, yeah, so it's funny. It's like, you know, you don't have to be in this, you know, just this young demographic to like K-pop right. or to be a huge fan of, you know, a, a group or, you know, have a bias named Chungkook or something like that, you know? <laughs> Because, yeah, it was, it was, like, odd. It was, like, so weird for me to have been, like, just singled out that way because I look older and all of a sudden I'm, like, this parent to these kids. And they couldn't, they wouldn't believe me that I was there to see them myself. Mm. And I even, like, told them, like, yeah, I know all that. I was, like, telling them all my BTS knowledge. And, like, well, your, your daughter or son could have told you all that. I was, like... Were you, okay. like, do I need to break out a fan chant? Like, what do I need I to know. do now? <laughs> I was like, I'm just gonna assess, I'm just gonna assume you aren't real army because real army would accept me. Ah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I would say the the biggest thing that I love that you're doing this, and I love this whole I, that whole idea of this. You know, find 
The big thing about when we started our YouTube channel was that we did feel weird as K-pop fans, A, as K-pop fans in general, um, and B, as older K-pop fans. Um, I would say just, you know, for anyone listening, old, young, male, female, whoever you are, whoever you like within K-pop, just find your people. Mm. You know, it's so much more fun when you can find your people find your tribe um, you know if it's within your fandom if it's within Twitter if it's on YouTube you know if you're a kid and you need a parent's perspective reach out to the people here you know if you need some help or perspective if you know you're an older K-pop fan and you feel like you're alone or weird or you know you want to buy a plushie but you don't want people to know you have it like you know except who you are embrace it and find your people because we're out here and you know we're out in the world and there's lots of you uh, there's more than just you you know we uh, are big Obviously, we're huge army. I'm huge army, and one of the phrases we always use is "marmy," the mom army. <laughs> <laughs> and who would have thought that there were so many mom armies out there? But there are, and just being able to find those people who you connect with, who get you, I just, I really hope people are able to find that within the K-pop community. Is there a darmy? Darmy, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like it. I just wanted to add that. Um, K-pop has completely taken over my life. I have posters, like framed posters on my living room wall of like Girls Day and like Four Minute, Miss A and things like that. And um, yeah, my friends were kind of weirded out at first. Like, why are you listening to K-pop? What is K-pop? Even my mom questioned it. But um, I'm from Chicago and I've been living here in L.A. for about six years. And I have this older aunt. She's 70 years old. She comes here to visit three to four times a year, maybe. And uh, I've completely gotten her into k-pop it's completely taken over her world too we'll sit here and watch youtube videos together and she'll request certain ones like uh put on hetty's group she does it so, sometimes she doesn't remember it's girls day but she'll go put on hetty's group or why aren't you listening to hetty or something like that and uh, i've totally gotten her into k-dramas also we really got into a reply 1988 yeah. Like oh. that's a good one. Fully <laughs> got into it. She even she's even watched it twice now. So uh, I, I think it's lovely that you know not not only are we I'm black obviously we're we're a black family. My husband is Latino. He's from Costa Rica, and you know we can listen to American music, rap, or whatever. But it always goes back to K-pop. At the end of the day, that's honestly mostly what we're listening to, including my husband who's a big time metalhead. He used to be in oh, a metal wow. band, and. He loves K-pop. <laughs> Sometimes he'll introduce K-pop, you know, new stuff to me. Like, have you heard the new Red Velvet album? No, I haven't yet. And then he'll <laughs> put it on. So, yeah, I, I think it's lovely that so many people from so many different places can, you know, get together. And like she was saying about... Um, getting together on Twitter and finding your people, it's so easy to find other K-pop fans now because of... I God, I'm so thankful for Twitter. Because like I said, my best friend is a K-pop fan. So I think it's wonderful that we can just go to Twitter and, and find people who have the same interests as us. And I love this podcast. <laughs> and thank you so much for, for inviting me to be here. And I'm going to follow all of you guys on Twitter and follow your uh, podcast also. Yeah, Absolutely. Thank you I so much. <laughs> okay. Well, Angie, it's funny you mentioned memorabilia. Memorabilia is actually kind of an issue for me. Um, because... So first of all, when I was when I went to the music show in Korea, they just they gave us a bag, a swag bag, you know, of just I guess stuff they couldn't sell in the store or whatever. So I have a huge blanket of G Friend, you know. Oh. But I, I mean, oh. what am I going to do with that though? I can't hang this huge blanket. <laughs> I know, right? I'll and I'm also I'm also a big Stellar fan. Oh uh, yeah, me too. And yeah. 
Yeah, you know, good. I support. I've supported their Make Star projects because I want. I wanted them to survive and not disband. So, but I had these photo books and you know these uh, these mm. cards and things. What? They're not. <laughs> coffee table material right? I mean what, do I, what am I supposed to do with these I don't know it's a problem man cave put in your man cave <laughs> I feel you on that alright so wrapping this episode up thank you again for all of your guys' time I, I learned quite a bit I, I hope our listeners also enjoyed this conversation and now we found new friends new allies new communities that we can join and be a part of so, with that being said, where can people find each of you online? And do you have any big plans for K-pop in the year ahead? So, Mama B, I'll start it off with you. Well, thanks for having me. Uh, remember to check us out at K-pop Mamas on YouTube, uh, at Twitter, Instagram, all the things. It's all at K-pop Mamas. Uh, we have a lot of live streams and drama-related content coming up in the next uh, year, and also, uh, you know, just more fun reactions and lives and more interaction this year is what we're trying to get. So, come check us out and hang out. Awesome. And Angie, where can people find you online? Um, you can follow me on Twitter, uh, twitter.com slash Angie Grace LA. On Instagram, I'm Angie Grace Ain't Funny. <laughs> what word? <laughs> and uh, in 2018, uh, if you're in the LA area or coming to LA area, I will be at KCON <laughs> all, the, all of the days and hopefully the concert too. And uh, you can catch me probably on stage somewhere around LA or around the country. Nice. <laughs> awesome. uh, Steven? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter just about any time of the day. At Tennessee Appeal is my handle, and the podcast is at K-Pop Unmuted. Um, we've got our 2017 awards show coming up soon. But for 2018, I think, you know, my first step online in K-Pop was a website called kpopularity.com, which was a, a way for fans to vote for their favorite groups and sort of track who's popular where and that got hacked a while ago and it's been a real pain to getting that back online but i'd really like to get that back online in 2018 and jonathan and erica um you can find us at uh, k-pop hot pot um, twitter instagram uh, facebook pretty much anywhere any media yeah and for next year uh we actually we're starting to do youtube little by little we have a few YouTube reactions out there, so we want to kind of want to dive into or test the waters for YouTube a little bit. But so hopefully 2018 we'll have more of YouTube. I'll be able to find us at KCon. If BTS comes next year, you'll find us at a BTS concert. Um, and we have some special things planned for our show. We have a clean fanfic that we'll be hopefully releasing. We've been talking about it for like two <laughs> years now. And we just have some other podcasting and hopefully YouTube-related things coming out. So you can check us out then. That's right. Cool. Well, thank you for all your time. And uh, be sure to follow all our guests today. And you've been listening to the K-Pop Cast. Thanks. Thanks so. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Let it